0: This week's Torah portion is the Torah portion of Pinchas. Pinchas is the name of a grandson of Aaron, the high priest, who was the brother of Moses. And Pinchas did something which was really gutsy. What did he do? He was sitting in the camp of Israel with all of his fellow Jews, and the Israelites, and one of the, the princes from one of the Jewish tribes was having an affair with a lady from a neighboring nation. And God didn't want the Jewish people to mate with this nation. But this prince was doing it anyways. And it was public knowledge. So no one knew what to do. This was a very unique situation. And Pinchas, this young man, he felt that this was more than just a sin. This was actually, you know bringing confusion and doubt to the entire jewish people to have a prince doing something like that so pinchas without asking anyone's permission he took a spear and he threw it in to this prince and it came out through the lady he was actually rewarded for this zealous act even though this was not a law that he would have to do such a thing he just decided on his own initiative that this would be the right thing to protect the honor of God. And he was rewarded with priesthood. Um, You know, because just because his grandfather was a priest, it wasn't automatic. But he was rewarded with priesthood. And that would continue on to the children, to the sons and the sons. And this was the beginning of the Torah portion, and the Torah portion is named after him. Also, we believe that Pinchas is Elio Elijah the prophet, who never really died. He went up to, cha- up to heaven in a chariot of fire. And according to Jewish theology, he comes down for every single circumcision, and he is present, and he performs miracles for many different people. A lot of times someone will be traveling and stuck, and someone just appears and helps them out, and we say that's Elijah the prophet because the spirit of Elijah the prophet can also be channeled to anyone who happens to be in the right place at the right time, providing a miracle for someone else. So maybe Elijah the prophet was channeled through you at a time. Moses now counts the Jewish people. He takes a census of all the Jews from the age 20 to 60, the Jewish males who are fit for battle. And there's a little more than 600,000 of these men. And then Moses continues to discuss the, the God's instruction, how they're going to divide up the land of Israel, which was promised to the Jewish nation, to the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses says there's going to be a lottery, and everyone's going to get a different portion, every tribe. An interesting story arises in the Torah portion. There was a man named Tzalavchad. It's a Hebrew name. And he passes away with no sons, only daughters. Now according to the Jewish law of inheritance the son will inherit for his wife and his kids and his family and the wife will not inherit from her family she'll inherit from her husband's family to her and her brothers will take from her family for them and their wives now this was a case where there was no sons in the family Salaf had no sons he only had daughters so these five daughters they made a petition to Moses and they said, we have no brothers. We want to get a portion. We want our father's inheritance to go to us. And even though traditionally, if there's boys, it would go to them and we would get from our husband's family. But this was not the case over here. So God, you know, Moses relayed this request to God, and God accepted their claim and said, this will be part of the Jewish law from now on. So you see, I mean, you can't talk about God, compare him to, to human beings. But you do see that, that God is, is um, hearing the people's needs. He's listening. And if you say he's adjusting to the, to the situations, obviously not that God changes his mind, where he doesn't really have a mind to change. But that the concept here, which we can relate to from this, is that the laws from the Torah are supposed to be a living thing that we live with and we apply to our daily lives. It's not supposed to be something which is an old script and sometimes we, we play the script and follow the script and sometimes not. It's supposed to be something that we can bring into every aspect and every detail of our lives, whether we're eating, having fun, doing business. So this was a real live situation where the laws of the Torah didn't address if you have no sons. So as the Jews were accepting the Torah and they were living with the Torah, the different situations, caused them to ask questions to Moses, who gave them the Torah, who taught them the Word of God, to teach them how the laws would apply in every case. Obviously now, we're thousands of years later, we've had many rabbis answer many of the tough questions of how the Torah applies to our life in these different situations. So it can really be a map and a guide for everything and all of our questions, no matter how difficult the circumstance could seem. Now Moses... We discussed in a different Torah portion, he hit the rock to give the water, so he was not able to enter the land of Israel personally. So he empowered his student, Joshua. Joshua was his disciple, it was his protege. He also was one of the spies that Moses sent to Israel. And Joshua would be the successor of Moses to bring the Jews into the land of Israel. Towards the end of the Torah portion, we're discussing a lot of the details of the offerings brought in the tabernacle, which was the sanctuary, a portable sanctuary in the desert, that people, the Jewish people brought sacrifices and there were services. The permanent version of that was the temple in Jerusalem. So there was daily offerings in the sanctuary, the tabernacle. There were special offerings brought weekly on the Sabbath, Shabbat. Every month, the first day of the month, In Hebrew, we call it Rosh Chodesh, which means the head of the month. And in honor of the new month, they would bring also special sacrifices. The Jewish holidays discussed in the the Torah, such as Passover, when the Jews left Egypt, a special sacrifice which dates back to the original Passover, the night before the Jews left Egypt. There's a special sacrifice on the day that the Jews received the Torah on Mount Sinai in the desert, which is called Shavuot. There's a special sacrifices that we have in the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, and the Day of Atonement, which is 10 days later. It's called Yom Kippur. Following Yom Kippur, there's a special holiday called Sukkot, which traditionally a lot of Jewish people will build a hut outside their house to eat in it, and some people sleep in it, to remind us of the Jews traveling in the deserts and remind us of the clouds that protected us and just in general, it gives us a good reminder that this whole world is temporary we 're on a journey, and we shouldn't be too stuck and too and too you know feel too imprisoned in our conditions it 's all temporary, and we are connected to a higher power, which is our real existence and then we have the last day of Sukkot, which is a separate holiday called Shemini Atzeret and Simcha Torah. We dance with the Torah. We celebrate finishing to read this Torah. And we start from Genesis all over again, reading in the Torah scrolls. So this is a very beautiful Torah portion. It speaks about different laws. It speaks about different rituals. It speaks about interactions with members members of the Jewish community, counting the Jews, splitting up portions of the land of Israel, and... Of course, in the beginning, the story of Pinchas, his very, very bold act to take matters into his own hands when no one else knew what to do. And he had the merit of having this Torah portion, this beautiful Torah portion named after him. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful week.